Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We hope that today's message blesses your life. If you are interested in more of our content, you can visit us at cornerstonebv.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Cornerstone BV. If you are currently subscribed to our podcast, please note that over the next two weeks, we will be transitioning to a new podcast stream. Just search for Cornerstone BV Media in the Apple Podcast. Now, here's another message from Pastor Jamie at Cornerstone Church. Amen. Well, good morning. I uh, got um, the, pl- the privilege, our second to last uh, story in our series, to preach the story of the Ten Torches. You may have heard of it as the ten virgins or bridesmaids, but I like fire a lot, so we're going to go with ten torches. And uh, it's ultimately a story that just gets us um, Jesus really asking the question, are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you ready? And, um, you know, when I, when, when I think about uh, this idea of, of being lack of readiness, lack of uh, preparedness. Where can I put this one? Oh, trip. All right. um, I think about how every one of us, I think, has had the nightmare of some variety, right, where you are not prepared for something. Anyone have that nightmare? Like my version of it, at least kind of recurring, is I'm here at the church, a church service is happening like this, and I'm either in my office or in some room that doesn't actually exist but makes sense in your dream. Uh, and and I'm, I'm there, and like there's usually a couple of people in there with me, and they're like, uh, Pastor Jamie, it's almost time for the sermon, and I have not written a single thing for a sermon. And I can't even think. My mind is blank, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm, come on, you got to hurry up, you got to hurry up. And I'm like literally, and then it's like wake up in a cold sweat. You've been there, right? Like, uh, maybe it's a, a job interview, or you show up at a, a, a class, and you realize you haven't been to the class all semester. The teacher doesn't even know who you are, right? And there's an exam being given out. You don't even know what the class is, and to top it all off, you look at yourself, and all you got on is a pair of knee socks, right? You've had this dream, or some variety of it, of a job interview, or, you know, I know I've had it where you get in a car, and you got somewhere to go, and, and you realize, I don't even know where I'm going, like, where is our destination? It's, it's really frustrating, and it's really kind of scary. How many have had a dream like that? Go ahead, raise your hand. Okay. Right? How many have ever had a real-life incident like that? <laughs> I remember, I've told the story before, but several years ago, Christmas Eve, this place is packed, and right before the service, right, right before it, someone comes up and says, uh, Pastor Jamie, our bathrooms aren't working. I'm like, none of them? None of them. So, like, my mind just went blank. And I remember sitting right in this pew. I think some of the worship people were, were singing, and I was ready to give Christmas Eve message, short message. But you get guests and visitors, right? And I had stupidly, I've never done this since, memorized a poem to begin my message, and it was gone. And I'm sitting there. It's the only time that I can remember since being a pastor where I legitimately thought, I'm going to run. I'm just going to leave. Imagine Christmas Eve, the pastor just leaves, goes out the door, doesn't come back. Like, what happened to him? I considered it, but instead I got up. But it's, it's, it's that feeling of lack of preparedness. It's a nightmare, no matter who you are. And I think it's possible that God has actually put this, this sense of urgency in us. That, that, that there's this sort of, this idea of, what if I'm not ready? All of us have that. Why? And I think, sure, a job interview is important, and a Uh, going to class and doing well on an exam or even preaching a sermon, all really important things, but they all pale in comparison to what this story is going to ask. Are you ready to meet God? 
And I'm not talking about what your parents said when you were growing up. You're going to meet God today if you don't be quiet, right? I'm not talking about that, but just like when you, when you really think about your life, am I really, really ready? That urgency. What if I'm not, right? So that's what this story is going to teach us in Matthew. Let's pray. Lord, we, we just want to ask you to settle our, our minds today. And Lord, we want to ask you to um, help each and every person who's in this room. We're thankful we can gather with a winter storm this weekend that, that it cleared up enough for us to be here. And Lord, I pray that you, I, I know that there is a reason, including me, every one of us is here in this room right now. And Lord, I pray that, that, that we would recognize that, that you would, you would put in our hearts, minds, lives, that question, am I ready? Every one of us, Lord, no matter how long we've been professing you, Lord, or going to church, or even me as a pastor, am I ready? And I pray, oh, Holy Spirit, that you would work uh, what only you can do in our minds and hearts today. We give this to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so, second to last, uh, we'll do a sermon in this series, The Greatest Stories That Jesus Told. And this one's found in Matthew 25. So, we'll put it on the screen, but if you want to turn to Matthew 25, starting in, in verse 1. Okay? And so, um, actually, it, it, w- when you get there, the, um, the, the, I'm actually going to, in order to, to kind of give you a little bit of context, because context is... Everything, right? Context isn't everything, but we say that here. So you always remember that when you read God's word. And so I'm not going to just launch into the story because you're not going to completely understand what Jesus is, is coming at if we don't just at least say what was going on when Jesus told this story. Matthew 25, if you know anything about the gospel of Matthew, that's getting towards the end, right? And so, so it's, it's the last week of Jesus' life. He's already had the triumphant ent- entry into Jerusalem. It's Palm Sunday, right? And, 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 and there, a couple days later, he's going to have his last supper and, of course, die on the cross. So you have kind of that in-between moment where he's, he's fought with the leaders who are looking to kill him, the Jewish leaders uh, already. They've had uh, arguments. And, 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 and so now he's with his uh, disciples, and it's Passover time, and it's great. A lot of people come to Jerusalem for Passover, right? And, and they're there with the temple that Herod built, and it was a pretty glorious building. And the, and, the, and the disciples say to Jesus, isn't this an amazing building, right? And he goes, yeah, but it's going to get destroyed Really, really quick and really soon. And, and so they were like, huh? Right? So they were like, he must be talking about the end, when the kingdom uh, comes and, and all that. So, so they started asking him questions about it. And he sits on the Mount of Olives. And, and, and he begins to teach them about the end times. Right? And just like today, because I get these questions all the time, right, is when is it going to happen? What's it going to be like? And they were the same way as all of you. We want to know when's the end, right? And we want to know exactly how it's going to play. And and what's your theology of all that? And there's so much confusion because Jesus never really wanted to answer that question. He wanted wanted us not to ask the question, when? What's it going to be like? He wants us to ask the question, am I ready for it when it does happen? Right, and so in that twenty-four, he's, in that chapter, he's he, he's telling, uh, he's talking about that there's going to be these signs and these rumors of wars, and and, and there's going to be this time where 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 I come back, and, and this time I come, everyone will know who I am, right? The archangels, like suddenly, right? Boom! There's going to be this announcement, and here he is. And all of my people will be gathered, and, and we, will, we will enter the, the culmination of the kingdom, the, the feast of the Lamb. And he's kind of teaching them all of this, and, and they still want to know when. And so his main point is to teach them 
And, and let me give you, pick up the action in verse 36. It says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven nor the sun. Him having, uh, uh, as he was in flesh, he didn't even know right then and there. Right? He had set aside that all-knowing. Right? He said, nor the son, but the father only. Look what he then says. For as, we, as were the days of Noah, okay, so will be the coming of the son of man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. I love that passage because, first of all, it proves out that the story of Noah is true. You throw Noah out, you have to throw Jesus out, and then I'm not really sure what you have at that point. It happened. It was a historical event. Jesus refers to it that way, and he actually says the climate of when it happens, when he comes back, it's going to be a lot like when Noah. So Noah gets told by God, I'm going to judge it. I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to judge it, and here's what I want you to do. Build a huge boat, right? Keep your family safe in it when that happens. And so Noah spends years building this boat, preaching that it's coming, telling people, warning people, right? But, but all this time went by, and people were looking at this crazy Noah like, you're nuts, man. Right? And so they completely ignore it, and they're just living life. They're eating and drinking and, and getting married. None of those things are wrong. We all do those things. And, 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 but, but, but that's what they thought was. This is all that matters. Everything is going to stay exactly as it always has. And then here comes the flood. And at that point, it was too late. They had had all that opportunity to be ready and the only one who was ready was Noah and his family. Everyone else was found not ready. So Jesus says, look, that is what, what it's going to be like. That He says, therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour. You do not expect. Right? At an hour, you do not expect. So it's going to be just like that. Oh, that whole religion thing. God is going to come. Judgment. All that. Like, that's how people are going to be. And then, boom. And when he comes back, it's too late. So the question Jesus wants us, are we ready when that happens? That's all he cares about. Not, you know, putting the scrolls in your basement and trying to figure out, is that the Antichrist? And is this the end times? Jesus says, stop. Stop it. The only question you should ask is, when it happens, am I ready? Right? And so that's the context to which we get our story. Right? So he, he, he says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like, which is a little different than some of the other kingdom parables where it is like, present, will be like. So he's talking about the future, the culmination of the kingdom, when he comes back. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Okay, so a little bit of help here um, for you. So this is going to be uh, a wedding. In Jesus' story, it's about a wedding, right? And, and it's very different than weddings that we're used to. First of all, uh, if you hate going to weddings because it's a few hours out of your day, and you're like, oh, you would have really not liked it then because it was days long, like sometimes a week long. All these traditions, and it was a huge feast, and they had all these things that happened. A lot of the details of it are sketchy. We're, we're, we're not exactly sure. We know some details of what happened and how they, they, they celebrated, but there's some missing pieces to it. But what Jesus is about to give is this, is this idea that um, there's going to be a bridegroom. That's the groom, right? And he has to um, pay a bridal price 
to get his wife. So uh, if you're parents of uh, a girl, instead of having to pay for the whole wedding, which is a weird tradition we have, you actually got paid to give up your daughter, which sounds really strange to us, but that's how it was, right? And so you, you had this idea where he, they're engaged, which is contracted to each other, and then at some point, kind of after a day or two of the festivities, it's time for the bridegroom to go and get the bride. And so there was a tradition, apparently, that 10 virgins, this just meant 10 unmarried women that probably were either close friends or relatives to either the bride or groom, sort of like bridesmaids today for us. But it's, it's a little bit different. You don't want to use the term bridesmaids because they didn't just stand up here looking pretty. They actually had a role, and it was fire, which is super cool, okay? And so what they would do is in, in this, like, it would be in the evening time. They would have a, a time and a place to meet a procession uh, where the bridegroom with others come, and they meet them, and they'll have their uh, torches and some oil on on this, and, they're, and they have fire. And they would lead the procession to, again, we don't exactly know what, but most likely to go get the bride and then bring into the feast. And there'd be just gigantic wedding feasts. So they have a very important role of this procession. Okay? And so, so Jesus says something that's much more familiar to them, so he doesn't have to go through all that I just had to go through with you. He says, the kingdom of heaven will be like when those ten virgins are going to meet the bridegroom. Right? So, so you got these ten virgins, they're, they're waiting, they're excited, they're, they're part of the wedding, but it says five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. Okay? So five foolish, five wise. I actually have some oil, it's not oil I use to pray over people, so it's not stuff you would light on fire. Um, but imagine you have a little flask of, of oil. So here's the thing. You got five of them that they do have it on fire. So they have some oil, okay, but they didn't bring any extra oil. But the five, that's the foolish ones, right? They're going to be totally fine if the bridegroom is right on time, okay? They have enough. They'll be in the procession. Everything will go good. But what if there's a delay? The five wise ones have extra oil. They're ready just in case, right? It's kind of like if you um, have a commute from work, and I uh, know no one has that anymore, but if you did, uh, you, you, you would get in a car and you look and you're like, man, I'm just on that red line of my gas tank, right? And I know that I can just make it home. Just barely. Should I get some gas just in case or should I risk it? All the men in the room said, risk it, right? That's what you're saying. And, and so you do, and then you hit a traffic jam that's very unexpected, right? And boom, who runs out of gas? You do. The person that says, probably the women in the room, that say, let's be prepared and get some extra in case something happens. They're ready. They're fine. They make it home. So it's kind of like that. If everything works perfectly, the five foolish ones would, would have been fine. But what's going to happen is, of course, in Jesus' fictional story, not everything is going to work perfectly. Instead, um, it, it, he says this happens in verse 5. As the bridegroom was delayed, there it is, delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Okay, So sleeping sometimes in Jesus' stories is a bad thing, right? It kind of represents spiritual drowsiness, but not here because all ten sleep, right? The five wise, five foolish they're all waiting. There's a delay, so they all go to sleep. There's nothing wrong with that because there's nothing else to do at this point, okay? The idea isn't that sleeping's wrong. They all do it. The idea is, are you ready as you're sleeping? And five of them are, 
and five aren't. And so you can imagine there's a delay, whatever reason. Uh, it's a fictional story. We don't know why there was a delay. But hours go by. They're sleeping. Their torches start to go out. They run out of oil. So what happens? Well, Jesus says in verse 6, But at midnight there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. So remember, Jesus had just told what's going to happen at the end is he's going to come back. Arch, the archangels are going, to, are going to cry out, he's here, right? And all of the elect, all of those who are in Christ will be gathered to meet him. So you could already see the, the correlation of this fictional story. He's talking about himself, right? So he says, the bridegroom comes, whoever's with the bridegroom, they come first, just like the archangels will with Jesus. And they're, and they're like, wake up, he's here. And so all the ten virgins who are supposed to be Ready? They get up and they start to trim their lamps, which just means make ready, right? And, and, and so, okay, here comes the procession. He's finally here. It's about midnight. Several hours have, have, have gone by. There's been this de- delay. And so we know that there's going to be an issue because Jesus has already forewarned us there's going to be an issue. He says, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Can we borrow some? <laughs> but the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. So, sorry, it's not our fault you weren't prepared, right? And Jesus continues, so while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. This is a somber detail, okay? There's two details in this story that we'll get to in a minute. That are a little, they're, they're, they're written in the story or spoken into the story by Jesus for a reason. But they're not, they're not normal occurrences. Like if you're late for the wedding, they didn't necessarily shut you out. But here they do because this is a correlation. There will come a time where there's no more time. The door will be shut. You're either ready or you're not. That's his point. And there's also this detail of, you know, can we borrow some oil? No. Like you think Jesus is teaching you not to share? No, of course not. And so we'll get to that. There's a real important reason why that's in his story. The idea is they're not ready, so they have to go off to try to get some. Meanwhile, the five who were ready, they go ahead, proceed, they get the bride, they go back to the wedding feast. That's all comparison to the kingdom, right, when it comes. And then there's this shut door. There's either in or there's out. And so Jesus continues this kind of somber ending. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Now, of course, he knew them. And, and everyone, you wouldn't have them in the, in the wedding procession if you didn't know them. The idea here is not, I know who you are. It's you do not belong here. You are out. You were not ready. That's the, the somber note that it ends. And Jesus doesn't just close off the parable here with this statement, but the whole section, right? Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour, right? That's been his whole point. When's it coming? What's it going to look like? Who's the Antichrist? What's this? What war? Who? What? Huh? Forget it, all right? That's going to happen. You know, here's some signs. This is kind of an idea what's going to happen. Usually he leaves us with more questions than answers. He just says, but you have to watch and be ready. Because when it happens, it's going to happen. There's no one's going to say, all right, guys, you got about two years. Get your affairs in order. That's not happening. It's going to be just like in the days of So right now you're like, I don't really think it's going to happen. That's exactly how people are going to feel when it happens. 
So if you're like, today's the day, it's probably not the day, right? It's just like how it works. It's just going to be, so it's not, all of them were asleep, as we see, but five of them were ready. And that's what Jesus is saying. Watch, therefore, are you ready? Make yourself ready. And so that's the real question that this story asks, are you ready? But there's a, a few things that I just wanted to bring up surrounding that question about readiness before we, we ask that. And the first is, uh, in the story, readiness is faith in the delay. Delays are crisis. They're small crisis, right? Like in a delay in traffic, and you're like, ugh, right? So it's not like a life crisis, but it's no fun. No one likes to be delayed when you thought something was going to happen. You were expecting something to happen. Other delays can be really, really crisis of faith. Like, um, like I, if, if, if you're a Christian single person and you're like, I believe that God is going to give me someone to marry. And, and so you, you, you hope for that, but it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. And it's easy to say, you know what? I'm going to lose hope in what God's doing and I'm going to go on my own. And that never works out well. But you see how the delay can cause the crisis. And what can happen is we lose hope because we're, we're, we're just saying, like, you know what, I'm just, I guess I'm on my own here. I expected this to happen. It's not. And so in the story, there's a delay. It's only a few hours, but it represents the delay of when Jesus is going to come and the kingdom is going to come to fruition. So we, we, we have, uh, in Matthew's day, they already, because Matthew wrote this 30, a little bit over 30 years more uh, later from when this happened, right? So it's pretty close to the time, but they're already in that early church starting to get a little angst. Like, we thought... Jesus was coming back soon. When's he coming? And they started getting a little antsy, right? We, we, we know that they had an imminent expectation. I mean, when, when um, Paul wrote to, the th- to um, those in Thessalonica, he was like, look, stop waiting for Jesus to come back. Get a job, right? Stop being busybodies. Get a job. It's going to happen when it happens, but, right? And so, so we know they really were expecting it to happen, and it wasn't happening, and it was causing them to lose hope. And it was causing them to say, is this really going to happen? And you could see the crisis that, that that might provide the early church. Well, here now we are in 2020, how many centuries later? Like we all have now great, 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 continue on grandparents that were born, lived, and died since Jesus, right? So it's so easy for us to be like, it's not going to happen in our lifetime, right? This delay, it's gone on, and maybe we don't say it, but we might even think, is it ever really going to happen? And what then happens is we start getting ultra-focused, like the people in Noah's day that Jesus pointed out, ultra-focused on this life, Right? What I'm doing here. And, 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 and that can actually, we start to lose hope about our readiness, what this is really all about. And we can start focusing too much. Now, does, does he want you to get married, have babies, have, you know, get a job, go on vacation, have experience? Yes. He wants us to live life well. Right? He does. Has he intended it? And, and so that's not, this isn't a sermon about don't live your life. It's live your life ready. That's the point. You see, all ten went to sleep because they had to wait. All of us got to wait and do what we got to do. But who is ready through the waiting? Does that make sense? Because there is a delay, and it, and it absolutely asks us the question, are we ready? Is this important to us? Second thing that this story brings out is readiness is critical because there's no warning. Right? The archangel announcement when Jesus comes back, there's not going to be a warning. 
It's not going to be like, hey, you know, guys, uh, go to church for a couple weeks because I'm telling you, he's coming. That's not going to happen. There are some signs that Jesus gave us and we have in the Bible, but they're vague and they're, they're just kind of like, they're just to help us to remember to be ready. But the issue is, are you? Because it's going to come upon us. And so maybe the Lord comes back or maybe I'm going to meet the Lord when my heart stops beating or I stop breathing. One of those two is going to happen, and we ultimately have no idea when that will be. I mean, I, I don't know. I could uh, breathe my last when I'm 98 years old with my family around me singing hymns. I hope so. Or, or it could happen on my way home from church today. I don't know, right? And I'm not, this is not one of those, we used to go to these, these youth events where guys would have like 10 minutes to speak to our teens, and they would like just freak them out and terrify them like, you could die on your way home, and are, are, do you know Jesus? And I'm like, scaring people into heaven doesn't work, okay? So that's not what I'm doing here. But the idea that this story brings out is you don't know, especially the younger you are. I got years, I got time, maybe, but you don't know, right? You could go today or in 50 years from now, or the Lord could come back today or in 50 years from now. He might not come back in our lifetime, but guess what? It's going to happen to somebody and it might be you, and it might be me. It's going to come without warning. It's kind of like, um, uh, imagine you, you have a, a class. Some of you, it's been a while since you've been in class. But you, you have a class, and, and you go there, and you start the semester, and the professor or the teacher says, okay, here's the thing. I love to give pop quizzes. Oh, great, right? Pop quizzes. And your grades are going to be very dependent on that. They're not going to be hard, but you need to be ready all the time. How do you do that? Go over your notes. Make sure you stay up on your reading. Kind of generally know what's going on. And when that happens, you'll have no problem. If you're not ready, you will. And so you're like, okay. And you see, you're like, i got to be ready. And you're like, well, when is it going to be the pop quiz? That's the whole point of the pop quiz. I'm not going to tell you. Right? So, so you're kind of ready, ready. And then it never happens. I mean, you go weeks. You go a couple months. It just doesn't happen. Right? There's no pop quizzes ever. So you start to be like, that guy, he changed his policy or something like that. And so then you get to the end of the semester. It's right around this time, right around Christmas, right? And, and you're going to have a Christmas party. Everyone brings cookies and, and candy and to the class. And your, your teacher says, all right, put those over. We're going to have those after. We need about a half an hour because we're going to have a pop test. And it's worth 50% of your grade. And he gives it out. And it's like, if you had stayed up on the reading and on your notes, you ace it. But if you didn't, right? And you might complain, what happened? Why? Right? And he says, I told you. I wasn't going to tell you when, but it's going to happen. Be ready. That's the idea with what Jesus is teaching us. There's a suddenness that will take place. And if we get lackadaisical and we start thinking, eh, it's never going to really happen, he, he basically tells us that is how most people are going to be thinking. And then it's going to be, it's going to come. So if you're thinking, you know what, I'll ramp it up as I see things ramping up. Jesus so explicitly teaches us that is not going to be an option. So he just wants us be ready, live ready, oil ready, your lamps lit and ready to go. The third thing is critical. So um, they're all critical, but this one especially, something we talk about a decent amount, but is really in this story, and that is this. Readiness can't be transferred. Readiness is the oil, right? That's the oil. Five were ready, five weren't. They asked, can we have some oil? And remember, Jesus wasn't teaching us don't share, okay? He was teaching us something very important, I think, and that is 
You can share other things, but something that you can never share is readiness for Jesus Christ. And so, especially, this really applies to all of us, but especially our young people in the room, students, those who are younger, you need to understand, if you were to meet the Lord today, and they were to say, hey, why should you be brought, brought into the wedding feast? You can't say, well, man, you know my mom's been praying for me every day of my life. That's awesome. Your mom's ready. Are you? That's what you're going to get. You see, readiness is not a corporate event. We corporately help each other to be ready, but readiness is individual. You will not be ready because your wife is ready, or your husband is ready, or your parents are ready, or you had an awesome youth group leader, or, or you went to a great church, or all of that stuff's great. It isn't your readiness. You can't take my oil, and I can't take yours. Are you ready is the question Jesus wants us to ask. Not that I grow up in a Christian home, was I homeschooled in a Christian curriculum, that I go to a Christian school, Christian church, youth group, camp, all those things, great. But are you ready? That's the basic question. It can't be transferred. I want you to notice that all ten virgins, all of them seem to have an affection for the bridegroom. They kind of wanted to be around him. We are not talking in this story about God-hating atheists, all right? That's not them. They wouldn't even be here, Okay? We're talking about those who might be in church right now saying, I kind of like the idea of Christianity, right? I like, I like Christian people, I li-, and we were, or we just kind of, it's what we were brought up to be a part of, but are we ready? <laughs> because just because you're around Christianity does not mean you, you are saved, you have a new heart, and you are found in Christ. And so it's a, a question we like to put off because it's a it's a hard one, right? But remember what he ultimately said. Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour. So are you ready? That's our question. That's the question, not just right now, but every one of us. Me as a pastor, you, if this is the first time you've been in church in the longest time, or, or however long you've been, we should always be regularly letting God ask this question, am I ready? Is there evidence in my life of faith in Jesus Christ Right? That, that, that there's a readiness there that if you were to come back right now, and he might, someone say amen. I don't have to listen to the rest of Jamie's sermon. He's, he's coming. And maybe he will. Right? Are you ready if he does? That's the question. Not when is it going to happen or what's it all going to look like. It's am I ready to meet him? If this is the day, and readiness in the scriptures is a saving faith in Jesus Christ. It's knowing I'm a sinner and I've offended a holy God. And that's, well, I don't know if I believe in God. It doesn't matter. You've offended a holy God, whether you believe in him or not. If I went and robbed your house while you were gone, and then I got arrested and said, well, I don't believe in those people. Therefore, I took the stuff from their house. Too bad, Jamie. Those people exist. And you robbed them, and you have to pay for what you've done. So that's the idea. It isn't whether I believe in God or not. He exists. He is holy, and sin offends him. It needs to be paid for. Jesus came, as we sang about today. That's why we celebrated the Lord's Supper, right, as, as Greg led us through that, right? He died for us. Have you put a saving faith in Jesus Christ? And if you have, is there evidence? Not perfection. We're all in this process, Christians, of sanctification, becoming more and more made in the likeness of Christ. But do you look back and you say, there's evidence that I love Jesus more than I did a few days ago, a few months ago. 
There's evidence that I want to serve him. I want to know more of his word. I screw it up. I want that, right? There's an evidence of a changed heart. There's evidence that, that you are renewing, being renewed in your mind, being renewed in your spirit. Or do you just kind of come to church, say you're a Christian, but you live life absolutely the same as any secular person who doesn't care about the things of God? That's not readiness, is it? That's not readiness. Readiness is I can see evidence in my life of a growing faith in Jesus Christ. That I don't just like the things of the church, but that I love Jesus. There's that urgency that a readiness faith provides. That urgency. If he comes back, if he requires me today, I am ready. It's all he wants you to ask. And all you do, it's not about cleaning your life out. out. It's letting him, by faith, to trust in him and him alone for the forgiveness of your sins, for the salvation of your soul, and to now clean things up, to begin to show you how life's really meant to be lived, to restore your relationship with the Father. Is that what my life, is that what your life shows? That's the ultimate question. Not as my parents, not as my wife, not as my kids, or my pastor, or my church. Am I ready if he comes today? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that um, we are ready, that my prayers that every single man, woman, boy, girl in this room, Lord, that every single one is ready if you come back today or if you require their life today. Lord, I pray that um, we would ask this question of our hearts this week. We have so many plans and things we want to do, and that's great, but Lord, if none of those come to pass, are we ready? And Father, if there's anyone here that just needs to put their faith in Christ, that they would right now, they just say, I believe in you, Jesus. I want you to make me ready for you. I don't want that door shut. Father, if someone's struggling with faith here today, you know that. Would you give them the help that they need desperately? anyone's feeling doubts or fears they walked in this room with Lord I pray that they would leave and they'd be gone that they would know that all that matters is that you're with them that your life saturates theirs Father I pray that we wouldn't feel this this, this shame or this, this guilt you, you paid for that on the cross Jesus we would feel hope and a, a desire more oil of faith in you, Jesus. Give us that hope, Lord, that nobody in this room, Lord, it's my prayer, nobody in this room would be found outside, that all would know and truly believe deeply that you are their Lord and you are their Savior. Only you can make that change, take that heart and change. I pray you do that. I pray we leave here fixing our eyes on Jesus finisher of our race. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.